Welcome to the Edgar Rice Burroughs mini podcast number 14. These short podcasts are meant to supplement the full-length episodes that I host along with Jess Terrell and Scott Stewart, in which we usually discuss one of Burroughs' novels in detail. Currently, the mini-podcasts are taking us through the 1912 novel Tarzan of the Apes on a chapter-by-chapter basis. My name is Tim DeForest. I'm the author of several books on what I call pre-digital pop culture, such as pulp magazines and old-time radio. I also keep a blog about such things as comics at comics, old-time radio, and other cool stuff. Now today, we'll be talking about Chapter 6 of Tarzan of the Apes, which is titled Jungle Battles. Please note that I will be including spoilers for this novel and occasionally later novels in the series. I would also suggest that you reread this chapter before listening, as I will be assuming you're familiar with the events of the chapter as I talk about them. Now, in this chapter, Tarzan gains access to his parents' cabin. His high intelligence, combined with his rather extraordinary patience, is once again apparent. Tarzan set up these qualities in the previous chapter, when the growing child both uh, taught himself both how to make and use grass ropes and also how to swim. Now, his repeated examinations of the cabin eventually led him to figure out how to use the latch on the door. Later on, he takes the, the time to examine the latch more carefully so that he can keep the cabin locked and inaccessible to anyone but him when he's current, when he, whether he's currently inside or not. We also get a reminder that the apes, though intelligent enough to have a primitive language, aren't just hairy human beings. That's, they, they simply do not have the same reasoning capacity or any significant long-term memory. To quote from the chapter, quote, The story of his own connection with the cabin had never been told him. The language of the apes had so few words that they could talk but little of what they had seen in the cabin, and, and having no words to accurately describe either the strange people or their belongings. And so, long before Tarzan was old enough to understand, the subject had been forgotten by the tribe. Now, Burroughs includes this comment in this chapter in part because it belongs there in terms of straightforward storytelling, but also to highlight Tarzan's differences from the apes. His curiosity and his intelligence will always set him apart. Again, we see foreshadowing of Tarzan's discontentment with life among the apes that will, that will come as he grows older. We also see the beginnings of what will be Tarzan's most notable childhood accomplishment as he finds the books, most importantly, the child's alphabet book, in the cabin and begins to study them. He's soon to be interrupted by the fight with the gorilla and his recovery from the injuries he'll receive in that fight. But we see here for the, the first steps he takes in teaching himself how to read and write. By the way, Burroughs' description of the cabin with its trios of skeletons, it, with its trio of skeletons, is downright eerie, and Tarzan's casual reaction to those skeletons is a reminder that he's still, still very much a creature of the jungle, regardless of his differences from the apes. Now, Tarzan also finds his father's hunting knife, which will save his life shortly, after, shortly afterwards when the gorilla attacks him. That fight is short, but it's exciting and well-described by Burroughs. Tarzan had already become a tool user with his grass ropes, but, but learning of how how effective a weapon the knife will be when he kills the gorilla is a key part of what will eventually put him on the top of the local food chain. Now, the chapter wraps up with Kala's maternal instincts taking the forefront, as, he's the, as she is the only one in the tribe to react when Tarzan is in danger, and who nearly stars herself while caring for her adopted son during the weeks he needs to recover. 
when I first first read this novel as I think a 12 year old, the, the image of Kala bringing water to Tarzan in her mouth really stuck with me. Because I was 12, this was probably a so cool because it's so gross reaction, but it really does show Kala's determination to do what whatever she needs to do for the son that she loves. Though she herself is not human, Kala's mother love makes her perhaps the only member of Kershak's tribe that we can like and with whom we can identify with on a human level. Now, one last thing about this chapter, uh, something I talked about with my wife, Angela, who's still buddy, buddy reading this with me, is what I call a, a couple of acceptable breaks from reality, things that probably would not have happened the way they happened if this were taking place in real life, but which are necessary to the story and which fit perfectly into the Edgar Rice Burroughs version of our universe. They're not problems with the story. They're just fun to note how things would work differently in real life. The first of these is that the cabin is still intact after being abandoned for a decade in an African jungle. Um, it just seems very unlikely uh, that, that the cabin would still be there at all with this wall still solid, the, nothing rotted away, that the books would be preserved, even granted that they were put away in a drawer. The bugs and humidity and all of that still would have gotten to them. Um, so that cabin and the contents of it are simply a lot more con uh, a lot more intact than they would have been in real life. It's unlikely that Lord Greystoke was able to build a perfectly airtight cabin. Um, but this is an acceptable break from reality. As we're reading the story, it doesn't bother us. The only reason I think that Angela thought of it and I agreed with her when she brought it up is because we are reading this with the intention of analyzing what is written. If you're just enjoying the story as you go past it, I don't think it bothers you at all. The other thing is Tarzan's injuries were so severe that without surgery and modern medical help, it chances are Tarzan, had he, had he lived as he did, would have, would have shambled away from that, permanently scarred and probably disabled in some way. Um, but once again, we don't want a horribly scarred and disabled Tarzan. And once again, in the Edgar Rice Burroughs universe, where, uh, where the heroes are just epically heroic and always, uh, Tarzan being able to heal up from that is just something else that is acceptable within the Edgar Rice Burroughs universe. And also just highlights the level of Kala's maternal love for him and the way she cared for him. So that's it for now. Please keep an ear out for future episodes of the podcast. If you enjoy our work here, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes. In the meantime, please visit my blog at Comics Old Time Radio and Other Cool Stuff, where you'll also find a link to my Amazon.com author page. Thank you for listening.